One, you're alive now. Fantastic. Discussion of truth here, Ian, Ian, Ian Trottier, and, and uh, welcome to uh, a very, um, uh, a, a very uh, a somber, in many ways, episode here, but also very enlightening because what we've got here today with us is um, two people that are intricately involved in the child trafficking scene in Haiti. And both of these people are remaining anonymous. That is a mutual and also personal on their uh, level uh, decision. But the contents of the, uh, the episode here today, this installment of uh, Discuss Your Truth, uh, are going to be quite alarming. And, um, and certainly for those uh, that are in the United States, uh, you should be frankly more than disgusted uh, not only disgusted at the way that the American politicians have dealt with this cover-up, but uh, disgusted that this is happening just miles from the shore, the shore of Florida in, 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 a, in a neighbor of uh, great people. Uh, that is Haiti. So Mr. Mrs. Y and Mr. X, welcome to the program. Mrs. Y, would you please introduce yourself and then introduce Mr. X? Yes, well, thank you, first of all, for um, your interest in something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, I've spent a lot of time in Haiti uh, meeting the people. They're very good people. And unfortunately, I have come to learn firsthand the level of, uh, shall we say, corruption. Um, you know, everybody in, that I speak to um, is very quick to say that the corruption is only on the part of the, um, of the Haitians. But I'm here to tell you that unfortunately, um, and I'm a, I'm a proud American, I'm a patriot, I'm a conservative, um, unfortunately, many roads lead back to uh, inside the Beltway and um, throughout the U.S. and, of course, the rest of the world as well. But obviously, um, I can speak about what's happening um, in terms of responsibility here in, in the United States. Fantastic. And with me, I have... And with me, um, I have someone who I just have so much mutual um, admiration and respect for, um, who is also a great patriot and a great uh, humanitarian, <laughs> and someone who has, um, has worked tirelessly to improve the condition for the average person in Haiti, and um, they have agreed to come on this, pro- um, <laughs> they have I'll let them kind of introduce themselves in terms of uh, their um, fountain of knowledge, um, uh, intimate knowledge as to how things are functioning. But um, again, um, nothing but respect and admiration for um, Mr. X and his agreement to join us to discuss this very important uh, problem here that we're dealing with. Fantastic. Mr. X, would you please introduce yourself? Welcome to the show. Yes, uh, Mr. X, and uh, I'm really glad that I can talk finally and explain what's going on. And uh, I was like at the highest level as a government of Haiti since 2012. And uh, I mostly really know a lot of stuff going on, you know. And uh, I'm willing to share with you any question you have, anything, you know, behind the scene that you don't really know. And, uh, you know, to spill the beans and... Let me okay. Let me let me start. Let me start by asking: um, the United States has just gone through a very traumatic period 
where, and it seems to be that if you look at the past 20 years, we've been on a seesaw politically. And we went from a very left-leaning uh, politician in, in, in uh, uh, Barry Soltero to a very right-leaning politician in, in Donald Trump. And uh, it, 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 what we have here now with, uh, with, with a, an election that many people contest, many Americans contest, is we have a sitting president that has been, um, that has been associated, uh, not by myself, but has been associated to um, th- things that have happened, such as pedophilia, uh, Epstein Island. Um, I don't know if he directly has been associated with Epstein Island, but there are a number of public figures that are in that type of a profile politically. And I know that uh, the sitting president uh, has been accused by some in the media, uh, typically alternative media, of being involved in pedophilia. Um, uh, what we have with you in Mrs. Y and Mr. X are uh, testimonies, testaments of people that have seen child trafficking happen firsthand in Haiti. Now, the other thing for listeners to take into consideration here is that um, the Clinton organization, um, being Bill and Hillary at the head of that organization in some way or another, um, have also been um, indicted one way or the other, not, not, not officially, uh, into this child trafficking uh, ring. My very blatant question for the two of you is, is, is there any type of real uh, validity behind these claims that pedophilia is happening in Haiti, that, 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 that these people are possibly involved in one way or the other in child trafficking? Is there validity behind that? And we, you, either one of you can answer. We can start with Mrs. White. Okay, well, um, great question. Hard to uh, hard to answer quickly, so I'll try to give you the cliff notes as to what's happening and what my experience has been. So, interestingly enough, and I hope you can hear me properly. Interestingly enough, um, the um, the orphanage business is full of orphaned and abandoned children. In other words, the poverty level is so high there that uh, parents living in poverty, in an effort to provide a better life for their children will bring them to a quote-unquote orphanage or children's home. Um, In the 70s and 80s, these children's homes were more like boarding schools. So it was a school that was maybe maybe funded by North Americans, well-intended North Americans, and, uh, you know, they could stay there for during the the week, um, maybe go home once a month or something like that, or certainly go home during the summer to try to uh, be with their parents to have some type of a semblance of a family life. Um, It has caused a lot of uh, trauma, because you can imagine a child um, not being with their parents, um, being in an institution, not the best place to raise a child. And so we have multi-generational um, uh, uh, trauma victims that has really created a public health crisis. And this is what we're kind of, this is what we're kind of dealing with right now. So, so the question of, um, you know, is it happening in Haiti? It absolutely is. There's multiple reports uh, from the UN down to other um, uh, um, NGOs or nonprofits uh, that seem to love Haiti. So just so you know, Haiti is the largest group of NGOs or nonprofits on the planet. Um, I think if you were an academic, 
person doing any type of a case study, you would say it's the most biggest epic failure on the planet ever to happen in history. So they collect all these billions of dollars for this business called poverty, and they have nothing to show for it. In fact, um, in the last, look, let's say, let's start off at ground zero at the earthquake. Um, since the earthquake, um, the conditions were already not great, but they went even further to the not great situation. And it seems as though it was open season. In fact, there was an ambassador that said, um, you know, let the, the gold rush begin after the earthquake because they came flooding in with all these best intended. And there were, there were um, fair enough, there were a lot of orphans that needed to be taken care of. But when you have over 10 years later, um, 750 orphanages of which, according to the um, head of the Child Protective Services, IBESR, only 60 are, are um, licensed, most of which are run out of nonprofits in North America. We've got a pro Houston, we have a problem. Right, and there's no standards. So uh, I was down there uh, last year. Um, I was invited to speak at a conference about corruption, specifically corruption and its effect um, on uh, children and orphanages and, and so forth. Because um, we're not talking peanuts here. We're talking conservative figures at $3.27 billion annually that is collected mostly on a nonprofit that um, are running unlicensed orphanages in, in Haiti. And so they're benefiting from the 501c3 status that they enjoy up here. Um, and um, it's just a great big free-for-all. And right. I would love an opportunity to have someone go down there with a camera and expose all this that's happening because what you have is mission tourism on steroids. So it's a very sad thing for children because, you know, children are very vulnerable. And my heart breaks on a daily basis. Um, just thinking of everything that I have been exposed to, everything I've witnessed myself. Um, I'm involved in another legal case. I, I want to just briefly touch on that at some point during this conversation. but. Um, you know, what we're seeing in Haiti is a complete 100% failure, epic failure. And if you start looking at the numbers and the money that has flooded into this, this country the size of Maryland, um, 10, 11 million people, uh, you know, it's New York City, right? Um, and I said this from the beginning, I'm, I'm a real estate, I'm in real estate. And um, I said, you know, we could easily redevelop Haiti based on natural resources and whatnot in three to five years, and everybody would be driving a Mercedes. That, that's, and I back up everything with you go do your research. Um, it's a very wealthy country, which is why, um, which is why um, there's all this attraction, these people showing up there. Um, and so forth. So, um, Mr. X, would you like to add yeah. anything that I had to say? Well, let me add because the thing is, like, people need facts. But let me tell you how it works. Uh, many companies, like, over probably more than thousands are not licensed. And the way you stay operate, like, you have people from the IBSR that you pay them 
and they kind of like not really watching out what's happening. But the situation in Haiti is like so poor, it's like sometimes like they let them be. So let them be, let them up and whatever. And the trafficking starts with, you have like, you know, some parents they can't really afford in taking care of their kids. For less than $100, they introduce their kids to the orphanage and they get a bag of rice and less than $100. And you have, and you sign a paper that you have no right to see that child again, to ask for it, to even see him or come near to the orphanage. And it's been going on and on and on for so long. I testified. I was going to the DR. Eight, eight children, minors, around six and seven years old, and they had the help of the national police. Going back because there's a there's a border and first when you go in like when you're leaving Haiti you go to the DR there's a big um, police station and now those cops like in you know they're not in uniform they take those children they go way way behind and they go they go from the DR and after they they bust those kids back to the bus and after they still do not get busted they make fake papers whatever and it's kids going on and on and I was like. At the time, I was no longer like in the government, like recently, like, I'm talking about 2020, it's still happening. So the thing is like, it's like so corrupt at the highest level, and which is like, there's nothing to be done because everybody, and now, even the president, even the president now, put the law outside, you know, saying, because I used to work for him, you know, I did this campaign. I was back in Martelly, like 2012. So I was like, it's not someone like random people, you know, some kind of people coming to a show and they, they kind of explaining things and, you know, they got, they got the intention. This is people that I used to work with, you know, that I, you know, I did their campaign, whatever. So I used to, and I said, so I was like, quote unquote, the, the the working with the prime minister of that country. So really like I really know. So everything that keeps happening I know. This is nothing that I'm that is made of. So um yeah, so what they do, they let them really open and keep going on and on and you know, many other things keep happening. So I, I just it's like so much that I really want you to ask me exactly what question you need, but because I don't know where to start. It's like the thing is like so huge I don't know exactly where to start. And, you know, we used to, we, we used to have, like, a meeting with the embassy and stuff in terms of security and stuff like that. But I don't know. It seems like people, you, the taxpayer is all, like, sending a lot of money. And I'm telling you, it's going on the blank. Like, I mean, all the help that you are sending out, I'm so sorry. It's like, it's going on the dark. Like, it's not happening, you know? And uh, I don't know what question you have. And so let's... Exactly, go deeper yeah, let's 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 go to some of the basics here for listeners to understand. What are and 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 name names if you feel comfortable. Uh, we don't know either one of you what your names are, but uh, what are the accusations that you are making right now? What is what is the pressing concern? Go ahead. Well, I'm I'm not making any accusations, but I know. That uh, members that used to work that I used to work with the government with, they know they know what's happening. Some of them say they they like you know out of the record like they are saying you know I know but I cannot do anything about it. Uh, I'm trying but I, I don't have the resources and I know the embassy is like the U.S. is like really helping in this like big time. But the level of the corruption is coming like from the top to the bottom. 
like from the you know the minister and everything, the director from the IBSR to the to the to the cops that doing those things. Like there's a leak somewhere, you know. And, and it's like not to bribe. It's like something has to be done. Like, I'm not doing any accusation. I just saying that something has to be done. Otherwise, it's like it's a huge trafficking thing, and we cannot let it that happen. We cannot let that happen, you know. Mrs. So, Why? Oh, um, so this is um I I think that excuse me um this is um Mrs. Y I just wanted to mention a couple of events that have happened um and they've happened in orphanages because like no one's regulating the orphanages even though it's a three point two seven billion dollar business so one example is on uh, in February two thousand and eight on Super Bowl Sunday we had a beautiful yacht pull in to the coast of, uh, to the west coast of uh, Haiti, right near the Calico Beach. And um, they had um, called ahead and they had ordered children. So these children were collected from um, orphanages and off the street. The conversation went kind of like this. Hey, would you like to spend a day at the spa? So I I mean, look, if someone asked me if I want to spend a day at the spa, I'd be all on it, right? So, you know, we got someone in a shitty situation, and they're asked, do they want to spend a day at the spa? And Calico Beach is owned, I think, by Hilton. I don't know if it still is. I think it's changed hands. I'm not quite sure. But anyway, let's just say it's a four- or five-star property. Very, very nice. Uh, gorgeous view. People on their yachts can pull up and whatnot. And these children were brought there. Um, they were bathed. They were put in white clothing. Um, there were there were drugs found on the on the property, and the idea was that they were to be drugged, put on speedboats, and brought over to this beautiful yacht that was anchored off the coast. Um, there was a nonprofit that was there, busy doing um, this underground railroad. I'll just put it out there because it's the truth, and there's videos, and Tim Ballard says all these things and he's a seal and he's a this and that and the other thing has not been my experience but anyway Tim Ballard was there doing uh, selfies and so forth while they allowed the Americans and Canadians to leave the scene without being charged and the only people charged were the Haitians yes I'm so sorry Mrs. White uh, that thing was like so ugly because one of the guys which is American happened like a street club in Pitchonville and one of the jurors have been busted because they try to remove things. So even the cops, after arresting all those guys, they maneuvered the justice system and they got released. You know, all the Americans got released from all that. So it's like you're trying to do something and some, somebody is like trying to, the system is like, it's so corrupt that you can't really do anything about it, you know? And you can continue, Mrs. Wadd, because... Uh... Okay, well, so anyway, so that was a pretty sad situation. Um, I know two of the Haitian law enforcement people that were on that. They work at the DCPJ. And so I know firsthand what they reported to me. Um, I know it was a big stink. It was all over the press and the radio. And then all of a sudden, like everything else in Haiti, just kind of fizzled out and died out, okay? It wasn't talked about. Um the American uh, um, attaché from the embassy was there on site in real time with the Commissaire de Gouvernement. So he's the chief prosecutor. And so these people are all aware of this. And at the time, it seems like I was once again 
uh, screaming as loud as I possibly could, wait a second here, guys. Shouldn't some official be warning that Joe Blow and, you know, Sam Smith from Canada and North America showed up here to get their groove on on Super Bowl Sunday, um, and they're, they're, they were released because they have a lot of money, a lot of money, like ex extreme a lot of money. And, uh, and, and, and they should be, um, and, and if you have children, be careful, don't have the children around them. I feel like that's responsibility, but I, I, I can tell you that I'm, I'm unique and I stand alone. Okay, so that's just one example of, like, talk is really cheap. And so we have all these NGOs down there collecting millions of dollars. Like I said, it's the largest, you can double check me on this, it's the largest group of NGOs on the planet with the biggest failure rate, complete fail. They're all hanging out at the Marriott, which listen, don't get me wrong, I love the Marriott. It's one of my favorite places to go. Love the food, love the ambiance, love the management, love everybody who works there. Um, but uh, they're all hanging out there. They're not, they're not doing anything. We're not doing anything. Like I can tell you many examples when they had the election and they had the election people that were reporting to the, um, to the newspapers up there, they all had their laptops and they were all sipping their um, their daiquiris and um, they weren't reporting anything. And I know because I had taken a group of victims to the general hospital where I got out of a vehicle and I stepped on medical waste. There was no garbage picking up. They just put the medical waste in the parking lot. So like my shoes are all dirty, right? And so I'm going, you know, let's, let's extrapolate it since we're talking about COVID, it's all on the shoes everywhere. And I said to the newspaper people, why don't y'all go hang out at the general hospital that has collected millions of dollars for the healthcare in Haiti? Uh, Partners in Health out of Marbella, I believe their budget is $97 million for 300 beds. Go ahead, do the math. I'll, I'll, I'll make it easy on you. It's way over what it is, okay? It's like, I don't know where the money's going because the doctors get $300. Oops, they don't get $300 because the guy who delivers the payroll goes and hands the $300 and then refunds himself $40. So this poor doctor works six days a week on, in horrible conditions with horrible uh, sicknesses um, and danger with no security and he gets $240 a month. He went to medical school to get that type of money. So when I say that it's cyclical and it's everywhere, let me give you another really quick example. Um, last year uh, in February, not this February, the February before last, on February 13th, in the evening, there was a fire at, a, at an orphanage in Fermat. It's about two or three blocks from um, the uh, Baptist Mission. The Baptist Mission has been in operation, I believe, 70 years. It has a clinic hospital there. They, take, they have a, a small amount of beds, and they do little little medical thing. Um, these 20 victims supposedly died of smoke inhalation. However, if you look at their pictures, there's no soot on them. Their socks are clean. Um, they're, they're in diapers. They're in pants. There's no soot on their face or their hands. Or There's no burns. So it doesn't make sense. I talked to a witness who helped pull some of the children out. Um, 
doesn't nothing makes sense to me um the the fire truck that came only brought half the water he had to come all the way from patientville and go up the hill to go there he only had half the water so he had to go back down and get more water i mean it was just i mean it was like abbott and costello really but the sad thing is these children right so this is an orphanage that's run by the um the uh by uh what is it called those um Church of Bible Understanding. It's out of Pennsylvania, but it used to be in New York City in the 70s and 80s. And um, this church collects five to seven million dollars a year to, to operate these orphanages for the poorest of the poor. And yet they didn't have gasoline for their um, generator. And supposedly the story is that these small children walked on a, on a dangerous, very busy street to go to the market to buy candles so that they would have light. And supposedly the story is that the, these candles set everything on fire. But I'm here to tell you, like, and I even, um, I've even seen other pictures that were at the court. Um, I've seen pictures at the morgue. Um, they're, they're, they change their clothes. You know what I mean? Like the whole story does not add up. And at the end of the day, we have an orphanage that's not apparently functioning. We're supposed to believe that they need more money to raise and $5 million is not enough for this quality operation. And yet they have five airplanes. Now, why does an orphanage run out of Pennsylvania have five airplanes? Can you explain that to me? Because I don't get it. Mrs. Why? Talk a little bit about, um, there's two people that I want you to talk about, your knowledge. Uh, first off, clarify exactly what you understand is happening with these children. What is being done with these children? For instance, those that were invited onto the yacht, what's being done with those children? And talk a little bit about your understanding of what's happening in regards to the Clinton Foundation, their involvement in this type of thing. And then also um, someone named Father Juan Duarte. Okay. Well, wow, that's a full-packed list of, um, uh, of, um, of questions. So I'll start off with the Calico Beach and what's happening with these children. Well, um, clearly these children at the Calico Beach were going to be trafficked to very wealthy people that were on that yacht. Now, I've been given some names. I'm not comfortable to... At, for my security and my safety to, to release those. But let me just say on the ground in, in Haiti, it's pretty well understood who we're dealing with. And there's a large group of people that um, money is no object and um, they are into this big time and um, they will stop at nothing. And so the, that's the group of people that were going to go there. They were going to bring the children, they were going to drug the children, put them on the boat, get them over to the boat to the yacht, I should say. And I believe they had a, a destination that um, probably we all here on this call would understand the destination. What is that destination? So, uh, I think that, um, I think we'll leave it to people's imagination, but let's just say that it's a, it's a destination that has been known to receive a lot of children. An island that has been known to receive a lot of children. Okay, so were you talking about Epstein, the Epstein Island? I believe that there, there's, uh, from the information that I have, yes, I believe there's a connection to the Epstein Island. Okay. Okay. So, talking about the trafficking in Haiti, 
We have reports from the United Nations. We have Republic. We have reports from J.K. Rowling. Um, we have reports from other NGOs, well-intended NGOs, that um, that are up against a huge system. Um, and you buck the system, and you start costing them money. You know, you're not a real popular person, right? Because this is this is now this is the business. They put essentially all agriculture out of business. They've put all manufacturing out of business, and they've even historically, and I don't know if Mr. Uh, Mr. X wants to talk about this or not, maybe a little bit later, he can get into the economy and how the economy has systematically been wrecked. And the economy has a young, um, you know, the life expectancy is kind of low in Haiti, considering all the money that has plugged into there. Um, but um, what has happened is it's created an incredible uh, high percentage of unemployment. And these people just want to work. They're just like you and I. They're just like anybody in the universe. They want to provide for their family. But that goes against the system because poverty and photo op and nonsense is the way they go. And so um, so that has led to um, the, the, the orphanage uh, population to swell because these people, they don't have money to feed themselves. I mean, they're surviving on 2 $3 a day. Right, and so they're um, they're forced to take their children to these orphanages or children's homes that are run by unregulated people that uh, double as a guest house. So imagine having a bunch of children, and I have a guest house, and uh, Joe Blow, who um, is a member of NAMBLA, um, wants to stay there. I do no background check. He's welcome to stay there, and you got little boys running around or little girls, right? So NAMBLA is the North American Man-Boy Love Association. It was found by Tom Reeves and I think um, Shabley. Uh, I can't think, I can't remember his first name right now. But anyway, um, these people are advocates for lowering the age of consent. So in other words, a 40-year-old man with an 8-year-old boy is all good because it's love. Love trumps hate, right? Have you not heard that? You know, is that not common? Um, they have all these symbols butterflies and some other symbology that they have um, that identifies a home to be open to this type of a, a, of a business. Let's call it a business because there's a lot of money involved with it. Um, they do snuff films. Um, they do photos. There's all types of things that are going on um, in Haiti, um, in these orphanages, in these institutions. Um, you know, sometimes, sadly, parents are involved with bringing their children there. Um, I think Mr. Um, X has a story to talk about uh, an orphanage that was close to where he used to live, where a mother drops off her baby, desperate, no food, um, in a hope that's better for the baby, drops the baby off, probably illiterate, was asked to sign something, sign something. Uh, they gave her a bag of rice and some other things. She went on her way. And then a couple, three, four, five weeks later, the rice was gone and the baby was gone and she wanted to go see the baby. She missed the baby. And she went to the house and they wouldn't let her into the house. She was told by the security to leave. Get out of here, you signed your kid away. Don't come back. So you, that woman's on the street crying, you can imagine, for the tragedy. So the amount of tragedy that the average Haitian person and trauma, it's like a war zone, that they have to withstand is, is, is unbelievable. 
So um, anyways, getting back to these institutions, these children's homes and the orphanages, um, they are frequented by guests, some of them on these mission tourism trips. They're uh, to be on a mission tourism trip trip that may be $1,500 to $3,000. You get to go down there, you get the nice little t-shirt with the Bible verse, you feel good about yourself, you'll go paint some stupid wall somewhere, and you'll get a whole bunch of photo ops with some children so that you get to come back up here and you, you get to feel really good about yourself because you help the poorest of the poor. In fact, you just took a job away from some poor painter down there. He didn't help anything. On top of it, if you really wanted to make a difference, if you pulled all that money from your group of 20, let's say it was $2,000 for the average trip, 2,000 times 20 is uh, uh, $40,000, right? $40,000, um, you could have started a new industry, could have started a bakery, could have started a school, could have started a programming, uh, uh, could have started a foreign language class. So this is what these people, and the thing is, most people don't realize what's happening, um, but it, it's extremely tragic um, what we're seeing. And, and unfortunately, these are people that are dressed in missionary clothes, and they're telling the world what a great job they're doing. They all have the same, I swear, all their websites. I can see it a mile away. Go check, start checking out their websites. Um, check out their the, the trail of money and so forth. Um, you know, getting into the Clinton Foundation, um, I was curious because um, in 15, I went down there in September of 15, and that was right around the time several books had been written about the Clinton Foundation and money and so forth. And, you know, they've got some pretty nice friends in Haiti um, in high places um, and who have gotten lucrative contracts and so forth. Um, but one of the things I said to a friend of mine who was a doctor, I said, well, what's going on with the Clintons? Like, what do they do? And they said, well, we don't know. It's kind of stupid. They are shipping out containers of dirt. And I said, containers of dirt? And he said, yeah, and this is a doctor, so he's educated. I said, containers of dirt? Like, what are you talking about? And he said, I, we don't know. We don't, it doesn't make sense to us. And I was like, it's not containers of dirt. It's minerals. It's extremely valuable minerals, like incredibly valuable minerals. But yet, everybody's starving. So you, I don't know where this money is going. I don't know who arranged for what or whatever. And maybe Mr. X can, can put some spotlight on that. But I will tell you this. My last trip down there, for years, I had been reading about the William Jefferson Clinton Children's Home because my experience with your average Haitian is they cannot stand the Clintons. Like they just can't stand what the Clintons have done because they promised the moon and they did not deliver, right? And so not only did they not deliver, but the conditions are even worse now than they ever have been even before the earthquake, okay? So like even around the earthquake time, there's like, when I say there's no economic development, I am, I'm not exaggerating. And so all this time, I mean, I've met with senators and, and congressmen and attorneys and teachers and doctors and managers and, 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 and justice ministers and attorney generals. And I, I said, can you tell me where the William Jefferson Clinton children's home is? Each one, I've never heard of it. I don't think he has a children's home, whatever, whatever, whatever. So this last trip that I went down there, I got the address. It was on Delmont 19, 
this I'll call it a hotel because it looks like a hotel has the most expensive Brazilian wood um, according to their press release it was supposed to have 85 children in and again it was like from 2012 2013 um, it was supposed to have a hero um, uh, economic um, excuse me um, environmental um, rating the highest in the in the uh, in the Caribbean supposed to be like you're supposed to bless yourself that you're ever even near there it's like the top ar architectural features and, and most expensive components like I said Brazilian wood and beautiful fixtures and so forth so I was naturally I was I was curious where is this thing like is this in Haiti like I, no one knows where it is like what's going on there so again it's 2012 2013 in 2000 and uh, excuse me 2020 I went and I I found the place and I knocked on the door and I made friends with the security guard then I made friends with the director and I asked for a tour and I got a tour and I said wow this is beautiful she said yeah but she, I said well it's so quiet like where are the children are they at school where's the 85 children she said 85 she said um it's not 85 we're supposed to only have 25 children and she said we only have nine but you only have nine children and it looks like the Marriott it's that beautiful it's that many stories and so forth it's gorgeous I said, you only have nine children in this whole operation. People are starving. We have horrible situations going on, and you only have nine children in here. Yes. I said, oh, okay. And I said, um, Mom, what's your staff to run this place? It's gorgeous, so, you know, maintenance and whatnot. Fifteen. So they have, you know, what is it, like one and a half per people per child. And um, they said they had not officially opened it yet because of COVID. And that they changed the name from the William Jefferson Clinton because of the uh, bad connotation with uh, William Jefferson Clinton. And they said that um, it was never supposed to be 85, that it was supposed to be 25 at the max. Um, and they showed me the generators and the fixtures and the bathrooms and um, these are all special cases, um, AIDS, children with AIDS, and their parents staying there, and the mother staying there, and it just, it just blew me away. I, I, I thought, wow, and they were very proud. They said, oh, yes, and we have an or we have an uh, ambulance, because there's no ambulances in Haiti. And, um, and just to give you an example of how there's no ambulances, on February 13th of last year, when we had the orphanage fire, and one of my victims contacted me and said, you gotta do something, like this is really bad. And so I contacted somebody with connections with an or with a uh, ambulance. They, this was on a Thursday. They said, well, we can have an ambulance up to Vermont on Tuesday or Wednesday, because the, ambu the ambulance is in Jacmel, like two, three hours away. I said, well, um, I don't think that's the way it's supposed to be, which is interesting because this this uh, this woman has said that their ambulance was up in the hills in like Kenscock or or um, Vermont, right, not too far from where the orphanage fire took place. So in my travels, people approach me all the time. Uh, they give me information. I'll, I'll give you another short story. So I was um I was at a conference uh, in last year in 2020. And um, we were talking about corruption and things and, and its effects on the, on the, the 
develop economic development in Haiti and so forth. And um, uh, I gave out my card, you know, if anybody had any information or if I could help them with anything or whatever. And I, I got a call from someone who was a teacher at an orphanage in Vermont, which Vermont is their nice homes. It's a nice neighborhood, not necessarily where you'd have an orphanage, but okay. And um, they said there was this American guy who had collected like millions of dollars in donations from the Minnesota Viking players. And the guy uh, was basically trafficking his, I don't know if you want to call them children or orphans or the children that were in his institution. Um, and he had a barber shop and a restaurant and he wasn't paying them that they, they were paid with their room and board at his house. Um, but the ban was very inappropriate with the girls, the young the young ladies. And again, age of consent is 18, and these young ladies were maybe 15, 16, or 17. So um, there's a lot to this, like a lot to this, right? And um, you know, we you know, it, it's easy to blame a one person, but there are authorities that are not doing their job. They're looking the other way, right? Um, this is this has been going on over you know probably 20 30 probably since the 80s maybe um and it's grown so this this institutionalizing um development or or or, or, or um what do i want to say uh raising children in institutions has really created a mental health crisis because we're dealing with abandonment issues um trust issues and it's really had a very negative effect on the um on the community but um you know the haitian justice system is completely broken um i can give you many many examples of that but children are basically offered up for sale um haiti has the highest rate of child exploitation of anywhere in the world uh, Westerners are attracted to the um, these natural disasters that seem to plague Haiti, and um, this is where they end up. Um, there's a lot of stories that come out of the embassy after the earthquake where they were renting out one of the um, conference rooms, and they had a bowl of condoms because people were going in there to do their business. I mean, you can't make this stuff up, you know? Um, there just seems to be a huge, huge demand for this, and its close proximity to the United States makes it just all the more attractive, right? And, um, and I, I believe this is a massive problem, and we have just really only uncovered the tip of the iceberg because parents are even forced into trafficking their children because they just don't have a job and they don't have any money. Like, it's extreme poverty and it's unnecessary because it's the richest island in the Caribbean and it just wants I'm sure Mr. Um, Mr. X's blood is boiling right now but I'm going to leave it off to him to add to anything that I said. And Mr. Thank you. Thank you Mr. White. Mr. X what is in what is what is happening these children are being trafficked they're being sold what are they being used for they're they're being enslaved for is there is there a definitive purpose here? Yeah, there's three markets. There's one market for sex. There's another market for slave, and there's a market for organs. So, like basically three three markets. And, and I don't know more about like who's who's on it and stuff. But 
I know in the free market for still children. So they end up murdered or slave or sex trafficking. And why? So they basically free market. Why why Haiti? Why is this happening in Haiti? Is it is it happening all over well, or go ahead. Well well let's 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 see something right there. You have like over more than ten years uh the same government keeping like the corruption is really so high, like high member and the government really, you know, and high scandal of corruption. And the poverty is like like Mrs. uh um White said uh the, the, the poverty is like so high, like you can't corrupt someone with $50, like, you know, you can't even corrupt, I don't know, even some high member with a, with a thousand, some few hundreds. So it's critical. It's really something, you know, awful. And since I, my thing has not been done to really prevent that, you know, and now with the help of the U.S., it kind of like, they can't really do the things that they used to do it because it was openly doing, you know. People used to come and get Furby, 20 children, and next thing you know, they're making their passport. And maybe they're like, yeah, they're heading to Europe, France, whatever. So um, now they, they, they make it complicated, but inside of the IESR, which I'm not talking about, like, you know, I guess the, the director, like she's a woman, she, she knows, but inside, you know, secretary, people doing investigation, they're like all corrupt. I'm telling like, seriously, I'm like, I can put my hand on fire. I can, if that thing really go forward, I, I'm willing to really reveal my name and everything and all the players. But for now, like inside, it's really rotten. Like, there's nothing that they can do. They have to remove the, all those all those people to eat. And the poverty is too high. That is why it's happening. So you're, the, the message is pretty clear for listeners. Uh, don't support um, any type of uh, giving, whether it's even for... Yeah, for, uh, now, yeah, for now, don't use any taxpayers' money. They, you know, the U.S. really need their money. Don't do that. Like, probably with other players. But those players now, they have no control. Like, they can't really guarantee the security of, like, anybody working. And I'm telling as someone from the inside. This is not someone that has, like, I don't have anything against those guys. But I know the other players, they're, like, not capable of doing anything. So this is someone from the inside that's telling this thing. So I have, like, my relation is, like, more than eight years with those guys. So I really know them, like, inside out. So they can't really maneuver the whole thing. So it's not something they really don't know what's happening. They know it's happening. But there are many big players behind it, so they can't really... You know, you don't want to go further in an investigation. Next thing you know, you find someone really bigger than you, right? So you don't want to do that. So the thing is, like, they really know what's happening, and they're like, you know, they're like giving the the, the green light to let them do it. Mrs. Y, uh, talk a little bit about um, Father Juan Duarte, and then either one of you uh, can chime in on this. I'd like I'd like you to address the issue of uh, adrenochrome. If, if that's something that you can address. Okay, so Father Duarte. Okay, uh, well, okay. So, um, so there are several big names, pedophiles who have been convicted in the United States and Canada. One of them was a man by the name of um, Father John Duarte. Father John Duarte was operating out of several orphanages in Port-au-Prince and Cap Haitian where he was sexually abusing children. 
And rather than face justice, he ran away to the Dominican Republic and got a job as a diving instructor where he could continue his fetish. And he, um, they, they, the Canadians, the Canadian Royal Mounted Police found him and they brought him back to Windsor, Ontario, where he faced, I believe, his sentence was 18 months. Not long enough. Another guy by the name of Father Matthew, Matthew Andrew Carter, a.k.a. Mr. Bill, had a big orphanage, um, and um, he's currently serving, I think, a 130-year, 130, 135-year sentence in um, in the um, in jail in Arizona. Also, sexually abusing children in his care at his orphanage in Haiti. Um, there are several other ones that can be named um, that haven't been convicted, but are closely affiliated. Uh, with the Catholic Church, and the Catholic Church is very aware of what's going on in in Haiti and um, and in these orphanages, um, which is very sad because um, the cat the uh, the Haitian people are extremely spiritual. Um, they are some of the most spiritual kind people that you could meet because that's the only thing that would explain their ability to survive such systemic abuse and and injustice um and and there is just <laughs> the justice system is completely broken um there was an arrest warrant and a red interpol arrest warrant for a man who operated an orphanage in um in haiti for over 30 years he was affiliated with the catholic church supposedly according to him although that is not been able to be checked out, or, or I should say not be able to be um, confirmed. Um, and that person was, um, uh, rather than face justice, ran away to the Dominican Republic where he opened up another home for children um, where he could continue his craft. Okay, this is what they do. It's like an alcoholic being a barkeeper, right? They're, they're surrounded by, um, by alcohol or the pharmacist that's close to all these pain pills or whatever that they're addicted to so that they can have their supply. Um, it's not unusual. Um, right. So um, so there's several people um, that are on that list. Um, there's a man in um, Lake High who had an orphanage. Uh, well, let's go back to the other ones that were convicted. So there's another one. His name is Daniel Pai. Daniel Pye had an orphanage in the southern part of Haiti, a beautiful city called Jacmel, and he and his wife used to sleep every night with a little girl, and the wife claimed she didn't see anything, but um, upon investigation, he was convicted, uh, I believe it was like in Delaware or um, uh, Virginia or something like that, um, of uh, sexually abusing children in his care at his orphanage in Haiti. So it's an all too common theme that has extremely well, been well established but imagine, just imagine for a second, having an orphanage that you've run for, let's say over 30 years, and imagine you've been accused once, twice, three times, let's say 12 or 13 times. Victims in your care uh, stepped forward, they went to the U.S. Embassy, they went to the chief of police, they went to the police chief in the town that you're located in, they went to the Dave Say Pay Jay, which is like the Homeland Security. They told visitors that came to the house what was happening. Imagine that person 
walking free today. What do you think of that? Yeah. Um, what about, and I want you to talk about, uh, there's, a, there's a connection to an Iowa funeral home, and, um, and you can expand on that. Address, address this, this concept, really. I don't know much about it, but it's uh, uh, something referred to in, in along the lines of these pedophilia uh, uh, conversations, adrenochrome. And then uh, if you can touch on um, this California law, I know I'm throwing a lot at you, but uh, uh, listeners can kind of wrap this up here um, in their mind. Uh, yeah, a law that was passed in California recently under Gavin Newsom, SB 145, I think it was, it was the title of it, um, that is basically doing exactly, go ahead. So adrenal chrome uh, is something that a lot of people call a conspiracy theory. It's not real. Uh, everybody is crazy. Um, and so forth, but um, but I'm here to tell you it's 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 not crazy and it's not a, a conspiracy theory or anything like that. It is based on facts. And with adrenal chrome, um, a child that is scared to death, that is beaten, tortured, abused, scared, um, scared for their life, will create. Um, will create um, uh, a, a, the natural response to the adrenal gland is to create um, this substance called adrenal chrome. Um, and I don't, I don't, can't speak, I'm not a pharmacist or anything like that, but the research that I've done on the adrenal chrome is that in fact, um, it works much like LSD. Mm. And you quickly become completely dependent upon it okay and so much of this trafficking which you know goes on here in the united states um you know you don't have to look too far from washington dc to know that there's an office that three to six thousand kids go missing every every year and not a lot is done to find those kids and and that's on, that's on us you know, we're responsible for that. We, we, we've accepted this. Little by little, there's a saying in, in Haiti, it says, little by little, the, the bird builds its nest. And that's exactly what's happened with this trafficking. So it's like um, Mr. X said, there are three types of trafficking. You have the sex trafficking, the organ trafficking, and the labor trafficking, where people are expected to work for free. And um, imagine... Imagine in Haiti, you have the first free black nation, the only successful slave revolt in history, quite a story, quite a rich history. And you actually today still have slaves. You have slaves called Restavex. So Restavex are, stay, it, the term means stay with. So that child lives out in the, in the, in the provinces and they have some relative that is or is not wealthy, okay, but is doing better than the poor person that is barely doing uh, sustenance uh, farming. And the the mother or the father or the, or the family decides, boy, this this baby, in order to have a possible life, a possibly good life, needs to go to the city and work uh, for their school. It needs to go to school. And so the promise is made that. Uh, you know, Jean-Pierre goes to live with uh, Aunt uh, Marie Jardin, 
and um, he'll help keep with his keep by, you know, getting the tarpaul going for cooking or cleaning the latrine or, you know, going and carrying the groceries or whatever. And the boy is three or four or five. Okay, he has to be under 14 because at 14 legally they're supposed to start paying them. So um, this little boy is a slave because most times they don't even get to go to school. They sleep on a mat and they're 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 not treated well. Um, the last two uh, last year, I was in Haiti and I was driving in a very wealthy neighborhood to meet an NGO that was uh, going to discuss um, the problem of trafficking in Haiti. And the driver was driving past this little boy with nasty shoes and dirty clothing, and he just looked miserable. And I probably was like eight to 12. You don't know because they're malnourished, so it's a failure to thrive. So it's hard to date, you know, it's hard to age children um, in that condition. And he's carrying two water jugs. And I said to the driver, stop, I want to get a, I want to get a um, picture. I got to show, I got to tell people what's going on, right? And he said, no, you can't do that. They'll think you're kidnapping or whatever, you know. So we got there to the attorney's office, which was a, which was an NGO that had received millions of dollars to help people like that rest of it. And we're talking and they brought us nice coffee and it was a beautiful office and there was air conditioning and it was nice. And I just didn't feel well. I didn't feel right. And so, you know, we're having our little chatter and I said, hey, by the way, on the way over here, I just ran into this situation. And they said, yeah, there's a lot. They didn't even know where I was going with it. So they said, yeah, there's a lot of kids like that in this area. A lot of these houses have those children in them. I'm like, okay, well, let's break this down a little bit. So you're telling me that you're an NGO who collects millions of dollars to help humanitarian needs, right? And you walk, your, your special driver in your Mercedes car with air conditioning and you sit in the back and everything's lovely, good for you. You drive by these kids all the time, and you as an attorney know they're supposed to be in school, and you know that they're enslaved, and you know that's illegal and against the Constitution and against the law, but you do nothing about it. Is that right? And they were like, well, what are we supposed to do about it? So like I said, the justice system in Haiti is completely broken, but you get that a lot, which I think is why Mr. X is extra special, and I have nothing but respect for him because... He's being very humble in what he's talking about now, but when I tell you, like he's put himself right out there, I'm really, I'm really not exaggerating. Let's get back to the uh, adre- like, get back to the definition of adrenochrome. What is this? Is this is being extracted from these children and being used for what? Um, yes, it is, and it is being used as a drug. Um, these addicts. Uh, can't get enough of it and they need it on a daily basis um, so it, they become extremely dependent upon it and um, have you seen this firsthand? Under- I've not seen that firsthand no but I know of it and I know of a lot um, a lot of um, without uh, giving too much information up I met with some authorities in a different country 
um, and we were talking about trafficking. And they said um, this organ trafficking in that country is a very big problem, especially amongst refugees. And um, they wanted my help because they said they keep finding children or bodies of people that have had organs cut out of them um, or the corneas cut out of them. And in that country, the medical system is considerably better than in Haiti. Um, and you have to understand, um, time I was down in Haiti, that in certain areas, I think they said quite a bouquet that they, they found some bodies where the organs had been cut out of them. I was also told by a priest that um, there were several bodies in City Soleil. Well, no, let me back up. So um, this priest was buried. Mrs. Y. Mrs. Y. Yes. It's all over the news. You can go on Google and you'll say, there's the traffic right now. The thing was like so legit. So what they used to do, you have like those tap, tap, tap people. What they do, they just say, you know, it's a random, like, you know, it's like having a, a bus. You go on a bus and stuff like that. But it's different. You know, they got a the truck and the truck, they, they, they do it and they change it like that. It's a public transportation. So what they used to do, like recently, I'm telling like 2019, something like that, 2020. So some random people, they come and kind of that up and they chop those people, they get their house, their, their art and stuff like that. You know, they, they have many missing parts. It's like not someone, something that, that we are like creating, like it's all over the news, you know? In terms of like orphanage, like recently you, you had a pastor, you know, they were probably Twelve, like uh, you know, minors in over like around twelve or fourteen. You got all those minors like pregnant, you know. They were like two pastors. So this is like the thing is being like it's legit now. Seriously, it's really legit, you know. It's nothing happening, and uh, it's not really made up. It's like I can't really confirm, and like you can go over the news and you'll find it. Now, I I had, I had asked you. A little bit about the history. Uh, this was uh, off, 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 off camera, if you will, per se. Uh, the history of um, Haiti, and for listeners to understand, it, it is the same island with DR, which was mentioned, Dominican Republic. It seems like there's trafficking going on on both sections of the island. Those are two different countries. What is yeah. the who is who is behind? You're mentioning uh, uh, various uh, religious heads. Mrs. Y, and, and, and certainly Mr. X, you're talking about the deep corruption in this Haitian government. But who is, who is, behind, uh, who is behind this, ultimately? Who are you looking at um, as far as being responsible for this, uh, these disgusting practices? Well, well, I, for the DR, you know, I used to have like uh, two companies in the DR, so I, I can't really tell. It's like the, the major Nigerian thing. It's like the the traffic is because many people are coming and they they don't like the, it's the client, it's the customer that we want that. And you have people coming from boats, coming from like many tourists, but they are coming because um, the DR is like a sexual hub. Like you know, they know it's for five pesos, for five hundred pesos, which is ten dollars. And you can have probably everything, you know? And you have websites, you know? You go on the website and you have public website and you see them kids like over the website. And so they are like not advertising. They don't, they don't mention that they don't have like, they're not 18, but once you go there and see their pictures, you know, 
And I think, you know, there's a special, like, close to the Malikon. When you go there and you sit, you just sit there and, as you know, it's your wife and stuff like that. Next thing you know, there's some, you know, young minor lady coming to what, as you say, do you, do you want anything? So you have the, the Sona Colonia, which is, like, close to the Malikon. It's going down there. Like, you go where the noise is, like, you know, it's cool. it keep going. So you have many people crying, coming from Europe all over the place coming from the US and you know it's it's you know you have like customers it's it's, um, it's really demanding you know like ten dollars <laughs> you can't you can't really do whatever you want with the with kids which is like you know and you have the you have the Asian government which is like you know doing the trafficking like you know you have like uh well members of the the national police doing it you know you have many people that really from the Galician government that really know What's happening? They kind of tell you, well, what can I do? I don't know. Okay, maybe I'm going to do this today and tomorrow. They, 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 they are not here. But because some, quote unquote, they, they know the big players behind it. We can't really tell, like, who's behind it because it's there's too many people behind it. You know, it's going, it's, it's like, it's booming. You know? It's a huge market for, for sex addicts, you know? So it's happening. Go ahead. If it's an easy trip down there, like, uh, for example, I have some victims that are located in the DR that sent me a couple of photos um, that they saw on the beach. Uh, one of them was this gnarly old fat European man with this little girl. Looks like she was maybe eight or nine years old in a, in a bathing suit, sitting on her lap, kissing her on the lips, and she's drinking a beer with them. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Mrs. Y. You have Sosua, Puerto Prata, uh, Zona Colonial, and like Santo Domingo. It's all going down. Like this is three major of like where it's going down. Sosua, um, Zona Colonial, close to the Malecon, and you have Puerto Plata. It's like it's going on. This is exactly the major spot where it's going on, and they know. So all this money, like, you know, let's talk about some of our taxpayer money going to solve this problem, right? So uh, I had a meeting with a legislative aide for Go Rubio in, in Florida. And uh, I was telling about what I had witnessed in Haiti and some of the business that I had been doing in there, what had been brought to my attention. And I provided them with evidence. And I said, you know, um, this is a big problem, and there's a large Haitian population in Miami, but you should be interested in this. You're a senator from Miami. Um, you know, shook her head, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for coming by. Thank you for what you're doing, you know, the typical thing. And um, short time later, within a week, I, um, I had an email stating that not to worry, $24 million had been appropriated, taxpayer dollars, to the IBESR to fight trafficking. And I'm here to tell you, I doubt 24 cents would use to combat trafficking in, or in orphanages and, and so forth. And you don't combat it by giving out bracelets and t-shirts and having, you know, conferences where everybody dresses up and talks about nothing and photo ops. Nothing happens. There's no action plan for that. So, uh, you know, I was very disappointed. I will tell you that happened. The meeting happened on a Tuesday, and by Thursday, um, Senator Rubio was down there um, meeting with the president of um, Haiti. So I thought, huh, because I don't believe in coincidences. And I thought, man, I'm sure it was kind of like this crazy person 
has shown up in my office and uh, the jig's getting up, so you gotta do something about it. That's what I think, you know, I'm just imagining because um, it's a huge, huge problem and there are so many people that are involved in this um, that, um, you know, uh, again, the State Department, um, they're all extremely aware um, for example, um, a, a, a crime of this magnitude, if you do have an arrest warrant issued, the arrest warrant is going to be good for 10 years and can be renewed. So say, for example, you had an arrest warrant for rape, sexual aggression, and abuse of title over a minor. Um, that's a serious arrest warrant, right? That's no longer uh, you've got a parking ticket or something. Imagine having a federal agent try to tell you that that arrest warrant, quote unquote, expires. You see how the level of corruption that we're dealing with? Uh, to which my response was, if you think a capital uh, arrest warrant with such a serious crime on it, someone who has spent 237 something days in a penitentiary for the same crime, uh, quote unquote, get dismissed or forgiven or whatever, then I don't know what we're paying you, but we're paying you too much money. Now, Joan, Joan Mellon, who's a professor at Temple, at least she, uh, she was, uh, is a former guest on my program. It's been a, a couple of years, but she's the author of a book called Our Man in Haiti. George de Ross, 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 excuse me, George de Mornschild and the CIA in the nightmare of the Republic. Um, she's connected dots actually uh, to the CIA and Mornschild, the petroleum geologist, uh, and uh, even to um, the uh, the JFK assassination in, in, in Dallas. Uh, what uh, what can you tell about um, about your knowledge of the extent of the history that this child trafficking may have been happening? in Haiti and perhaps the CIA knowing about it? So, um, you know, historically this has been, there's, like I said, there's been several nonprofits, humanitarian groups, human rights groups, there's been people that have been killed um, getting ready to reveal things. Um, uh, specifically, anybody uh, close some of these people that you have mentioned previously on this conversation and they just end up gone they end up shoot somehow managing to shoot themselves in the back of their own head we don't know how that's possible because from a physiological standpoint it's not possible but somehow they managed to do that and they managed to get police and homeland security and fbi and cia and all these deas and all these other alphabet agencies to sign on to that so when I tell you that there's no justice system or that the justice system in Haiti is broken, I'm here to tell you that the breakage is now, the crack has, has reached our shores. Because we have put people in positions that are supposed to be doing something to especially protect children. We have something called the Protect Act of 2003. That basically says if you go over the boundary line to do something that is illegal in our country that you can be prosecuted here in the United States. There was a man in captation by the name of Doug Perlitt. He had a huge uh, operation in captation, a huge um, home, children's home, 
that was working in conjunction with Fairfield University. And that that, um, that man uh, is currently serving an 18-year term. He was convicted in 2007, um, and he was connected to Father, um, not Father, excuse me, um, uh, Father Carrier or Carrier um, out of the Fairfield University. Um, that was um, the guy Garabedian was involved in that case. And after everybody tripped over everybody to get their $60 million divided up, I think the victims got less than $200,000 a piece. And everybody was so busy trying to feather their own nest that they forgot to mention that these victims needed psychological counseling. So it's really disgusting. So there's another example of someone, um, Doug Perlitz, that um, he was convicted. And um, to my knowledge, um, that property was donated to the people of Haiti to help the children of Haiti. And I, I think it's vacant. I don't think they've done anything since 2007. I, I don't know if perhaps um, Mr. X can, um, can, um, can expand on what exactly is happening at that property. But I can tell you that a lot of these people that are bad are dressed in um, as mercenaries and as missionaries. And they claim to be helping, but the truth be told, you meet with them, you talk to them, you give them evidence, you give testimonies, um, and nothing happens. And so, like I said, the crack goes all the way up here. I mean, Fairfield University is in Connecticut. Big university, Catholic University. The Catholic Church is involved in this. Extensively, I'll give you an example. In 1990, there was a lady who is a youth minister in Minnesota, and she went to Haiti to visit a, an orphanage because her sister was working as a teacher at the orphanage. And as soon as she got there, the person who ran the orphanage went on a trip somewhere, a tour or something or other, and left her in charge, which is kind of strange because she's kind of a stranger, but okay, she's a youth pastor, youth minister which is a lay, a lay person in the Catholic Church. And um, little by little, children, minors, let's say minors at the house, came to her and said, look, we're being abused. This is what's happening in graphic terms. And she's a mandatory reporter. And so she went to the authorities. She went to the embassy. Um, a lot of things transpired. She ended up leaving the country. That was 1990. She left the country, but before she did, she made sure that she documented everything to make sure there was a history that could be um, referenced should anything happen. And she really hoped that justice would justice would happen, justice would prevail. And so um, she um, she okay in 2003, she was at a training for the Catholic Church, and the person doing the training was Gregory. I think he's an archbishop now in Washington, D.C. He was the Vatican point person for the sex abuse scandal and training in the Catholic Church. The problem is the training was only for the lay personnel and not for the not for the clergy. They were exempted, so they get to do their thing. So she went up to him, thanked him for his, his program and his training, and she said, hey, listen, when I was in Haiti in 1990, I stayed at this orphanage and um, 
Several victims came to me and said that they were sexually abused by the man in charge. I documented everything. I did my very best. And there's not a month that doesn't go by that I don't get contacted by some of these victims. And I believe he still abused me. I believe he's a serial abuser and he's not going to stop. And um, what are you going to do? And to that, Archbishop Gregory gasped and said, oh, my goodness, um, how horrible. Can you write me a letter? And so she wrote him a letter and she copied her priest her parish priest, and um, that was 2003. She said, now this is 13 years later. He promised he was gonna look into it. He said, that's terrible, gonna look into it. To this day, that was 2003, so we're almost 20 years later, right? Just shy of 20 years, no response. Where is Archbishop Gregory right now? He's in Washington, D.C. He took over from the priest that had to step down because he was involved in a sex scandal in Washington, D.C. Very interesting. Yeah, and yesterday I had on the program uh, author Eric Phelps, and uh, very explicitly he's gone back in uh, the 300-year history uh, of uh, the New World and more, more uh, importantly the, uh, roughly 250 years of the U.S., and he's looked at the influence of this uh, of this church organism that uh, it obviously runs through through Europe uh, Europe today and to Rome, and he uh, explicitly has said that the uh, that that there are Vatican assassins, whereas uh, there is a, a group known as the Society of Jesus uh, that is organized uh, to infiltrate a, a country's education system, media system, and financial system. And his argument which I have shown uh, that his research is, is backed up by many other sources, is, to be, is, 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 is exactly what happened in 1913 with the creation of the Federal Reserve Act and the Federal Reserve Central Bank in the United States. Uh, let's, we thank you for your time, and, and I appreciate um, what you're bringing to listeners, and you've got just an exorbitant amount of information, and I'll be bringing you back onto the program. Um, what are some of the things that you can advise and, and, and suggest for listeners to do as far as uncovering some of these things for their own interest? Uh, as uh, I think that any uh, person in their right mind, in my opinion, uh, finds that having uh, sex, uh, uh, and this is maybe to the contrary of the Californians and Californians in San Francisco that passed that law, but having uh, 145, SB 145, but having sex with a minor, meaning a person under the age of 18, should be honored and uh, is, and is wrong. And certainly children that are, are developing physically uh, and to have, uh, which seems to be the, the, them to be the subject of this type of adrenaline energy, uh, uh, which again, uh, uh, we're looking for some, some people that can testify to this as saying that personally, one-on-one, -on -one, uh, this is just wrong. And this, is, uh, uh, this, is, this isn't about a left or a right political issue. This is about a human issue. So what are some of the things as you've disclosed, uh, as you've kept your, your, your concealed, rather, your, your, your identities, but you've given a plethora of information, what are some of the things that listeners uh, can do to uncover uh, some of these tracks, um, websites, organizations, uh, and 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 how can they how can they uh, again tie this back into the work that you you are doing? So a victim's worst fear is to not be believed. So can you imagine being in Haiti? You're starving. You've been abandoned. 
you wake up every single day and you don't know if the ceiling is about to fall in on your head and you have no one to report it to you go to the authorities no one listens to you he trumps you he works with this person he was with that organization uh part of the grooming is every single day they were told don't even think about telling anybody about what's going on in this house because no one will believe you you're a haitian you're a liar you're a cheater and you're a stealer and i'm abc great person i know everybody and when i say everybody i say i mean everybody i mean he's dialed into everybody very very deep and um you know what I find disheartening is some of the comments that I've received. Um, I have been told a lot of things like, why do you care about Haitian kids? Or um, those are just poor black kids. We have the same problem here in the state. Um, you know, to that I say, like you said, this is not a left or a right or a black or a white issue. This is a human humanitarian issue, and we all have a responsibility to uh, to help these these very vulnerable children. But you know, much like the children in Haiti that um, that are extremely victimized, we have the same problem here in the United States. So, like I said, what was a destination Caribbean problem for years? Okay, it's not only Haiti, it's the Caribbean. You see people that are continually going down there. Um, Club Med is the one who brought, actually, um, I was told by someone, a medical professional, who studied, there are different strains of HIV, and they studied, They, I guess they did a big study on the strains of HIV and they can follow the path of where it started and where it went and so forth. And they are saying that the Club Med, which is not too far from the Calico Beach, I think, um, Club Med, those people came from France um, and they brought, the, they brought that to the shores of Haiti. And so, you know, if, if, if it's not enough that's happened to victimize the Haitians, they also get, you know, slapped with, uh, you know, all of these, these erroneous thought process of how they're this and how they're that and whatever. I was down there and COVID was on and um, they handled things homeopathically, let me tell you. And, and I think there were 12 cases of COVID. I mean, it just didn't show up. They were waiting for it to show up, but it did not show up. I mean, they got a key for everything. Um, I lost my voice. It's the only time I've never been sick down there in all my travels. I've never. I sleep the best I've ever slept. I have the best food that I, I'm telling you, the best food on the planet, especially that fish that you get down there. I mean, it's the best kept secret ever, okay? I mean, it is the best, the best food. And it's very healthy. It's very hearty. Um, you know, uh, I think that um, there's a lot that we should be doing. But a lot of people don't want to hear about it because the Haitians are re-victimized, okay? So this is also being, this problem is being blamed on the Haitians when in fact, yes, there is a group of um, people in the diaspora and um, at the high levels of the government that have allowed this to happen. But these churches, and it's all the churches, 
it's all the churches. I, I, I will say, well, maybe I'll limit it a couple. So it's, um, well, the Catholic Church, it's the uh, Lutheran Church, it's the Methodist Church, and it's the Presbyterian Church. These people are all equal opportunists, okay? It's called whatever green money. And let, let me tell you another little scenario of how this all shakes out. So you bring a group down, let's say my name uh, is uh, Jean-Louis, Madame Jean-Louis, and I have an orphanage down there, and you bring your group down of 20 people from your church, whatever the church is, let's call it a Presbyterian church, and you stay at my orphanage. And we go do the typical, we paint some walls somewhere out in nowhere, and we take the photo ops, and we might go to some of the nice sites or whatever and take some more photo ops. We don't really do anything significant to change the, the landscape of Haiti because the business is poverty. And um, on the final day, you brought a youth group from your, from your church, and you're maybe with two or three other adults chaperones, so it looks legit, right? and your 20 kids are left behind with um, the security guards. But the security guards were abused as the children and they may be sexual partners of mine, right? And uh, we go out to eat at a nice place and then we go listen to um, some special music at a, at a place, at a restaurant. And um, I put some drug in your, in your, um, in your drink. And next thing you know, like a rupee. And next thing you know, you're out of it. You're confused. You don't really remember, but you kind of remember, but you don't really. And uh, next thing you know, you're not a gay man. And a gay man comes up and, and a something takes place. And, and I got my camera right there. And I take a bunch of pictures. And then somehow we get you back to my house where you sleep with my kids, with my, with my orphans or, or children in my institution. And the next morning you come down to breakfast and you say, man, Madam Louis, what happened? I, uh, I don't, I, I never drink that much. I mean, I grew up in France. I can drink till the cows come home. I, I've never, I've never, I didn't think I drank that much. What happened? And I say, well, I'll tell you what happened. I got all these pictures right here. This is what happened. You hooked up with, uh, you know, um, Jean-Pierre and uh, you go well wait a second I'm, I'm not gay I'm married and I'm a doctor or I'm a teacher or I'm a pastor and I say well that's a problem because everybody here saw this and everybody's mad at you right now and you go well can we just lose the pictures and it'll never happen again and we'll forget it and we're all good right and I go no I need a hundred new chairs each chair is 25 bucks you can make the check out to me I'll take it over to a place that I can cash it at. And um, by the way, you're going to bring four groups of 20 down every single year, and each person pays 50 bucks a month. And then you say, well, wait a second. You know, your fundraising arm, ABC or, you know, XYZ, pays you for the uh, to operate this place. Um, and I say, yep. And you're also going to contribute to that because you're going to stay here for 10 days with 20 kids and it's going to be $50 a person. And that's how that works. So this and then is, I control you. Yeah, this is blackmail. Basically, yeah. Sound familiar with other people that we've heard about how they operate? 
It absolutely does. And um, Mr. Mr. X, do you, do you uh, want to chime in? Do you have a comment on that? No, I'm fine. I think uh, this is why we really like know everything that I have to say. Um, yes. And, and 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 Mrs. Y, are you saying that you know? Are you know you know for a fact that the that the Clinton Foundation is uh, has knowledge of this and is supporting this type of practice? You're saying that the that there's children that are at their their home. Uh, this is happening through the Clinton Foundation. You're saying that, Mrs. Y. Well, uh, wait, 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 wait a minute. You know, you, yeah, she's not saying that, which is like. Yeah, like I don't want that to be, you know, something that we're saying. We, have, you know, she has seen whatever, which I think she she doesn't have seen anything regarding like Clinton personally. Like she she has to probably put a face, you know, on it like that, you know. So I think probably well, I think she could probably defend herself, you know. So like in terms of like me, my biggest concern is like. The Asian government is like those players in place. They are like so called up in, in everything is possible right now. I mean, like everything, like everything is possible. Yeah, but you anything you say there? In the, or, yeah. It's causing, it's causing a problem. It's causing a problem for us. But um, I can tell you yeah. that um, that is how. Oh, um, that is how things are done. That's how they get things done, okay? And um, the similarity to the way certain people that we have discussed on this call operate um, is, ir- is eerie to me, right? It's eerie how similar that, that like you were saying, extortion or whatever. I mean, um, that's very eerie to me. Now, what about... Um what about some of these uh, alternative uh, sources that claim that uh, uh, people like Oprah Winf- Winfrey have knowledge of this uh, and are and are uh, directly involved in this? Uh, I, I was I, I've, I've read uh, Jay Z and Beyonce. Do you have any comments in regards to common common names that most people uh, have heard of? Well, what I would suggest you do is because um, you're all secure up here, right? Uh, I think I think. Here, I think it's best not to get into that because um, it, what it does is it puts people in severe jeopardy and severe danger, and there is no 911 to call, right? Yeah. And yeah. there is no uh, someone you can call that cares, and um, people are uh, losing their life on a daily basis, and. Um, you know, I don't care to get into that or be the, the, the subject or cause of someone losing their life like that, including um, people who have put everything out there to try to get justice. So I don't, I don't really want to get into that. Okay. And then what about, um, what about the Iowa funeral home? Is that something you want to uh, discuss right now? No, I, I would prefer not to get into that either. I don't think it has a... Um, I don't think it has a um, bearing on, you know, trying to give people an oversight as to what's happening. I will tell you the way to solve all this problem is the four P's, prevention and training, protection, prosecution, and psychological aid. Well, I'm sorry, Mrs. Y. As long as you have 
um, those players in place in Haiti, there's no way that you can do it. Like, just to, like, my biggest concern, I don't know anything about the Clinton Foundation. I don't know anything about Oprah whatsoever. The only thing that I know, because I was inside, you can, you cannot have anything done with those players. Like, for 10 years, you can't have the same players in place to really make a change in Haiti right now. That's the only thing that I know. As someone, like, you know, I don't have anything, like, to do with them. Like, I'm not saying anything because something, you know, but I'm just telling, like, you cannot do any change. And I want all the taxpayers to not spend a dollar until they change the players, like, in place right now. Because, like, there's no control right now. It's too messy, you know? Because you're thinking you're helping a kid in Haiti. Now, you're, like, funding a, a, a criminal, like, you know, activity in Haiti right now. Because you don't know who you, what you're giving. You don't know who you, that you're funding. You don't know the money that you're sending. What 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 they are doing with it? Like I have to tell you, eighty percent of like all the things that happening in Haiti like, are not legit. So why are you sending money to something that you're wasting your money on it? You know, this is the only, my only concern. But in terms that's, of like, and, and, excuse me, exactly like I was saying, um, the largest group of NGOs on the planet. Um, anybody, Helen Keller could see the epic fail that we're talking about because there is no accountability. None. No one's questioning. No one's going there. It's the green light. Go, 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 go. Yeah. Um, while we were on the phone, um, I um, have an advocate in another state who does a lot with trafficking, and they said that um, they're asking for prayers because um, they said only a few of you will receive this message, and I ask you to keep it private. Um, so I'm not going to do anything to identify, but they said um, uh, I have a serious, serious security issue. I've not had one like this in a couple of years. Um, she, this person has said that they're going to have to relocate in the next few days. Um, they, you all know that I love you and where I'm located, um, that I've called it my home, but that um, I have to leave my home again. This person has already relocated one time. Um, really needs uh, prayer. So um, the fact that um, Mr. X and I are on this is because this is out of love. We don't get anything out of this. No one pays us anything. In fact, we've done it at a tremendous cost to us professionally. And um, I don't think people understand this. I think everybody has gotten very lazy. And it's okay for someone else to fight the fight or whatever or, or, or to sensationalize or to do this, that, or the other thing. But in terms of action, um, Mr. X, would you not agree? It, we're hard pressed to find action. No, it's really hard. Like, seriously, like, there's a change. Like, they have to change um, from the government to the justice system and, and even that the private sector. <laughs> It's really deep down. So I don't want, like, maybe if you have some money to waste it, you're fine with that. Like, you really like, you know, what they're doing to the children. You could probably still funding those people, which is, like, I'm not talking about, like, like some major player in the U.S. I'm just, my biggest concern is, like, the players in Haiti right now because they are, like, you know, I've seen, I've seen things happening, and I know, like, I can stay behind it, that uh, those players are really corrupt, and they cannot. And they cannot make any change for that. This is what I know, you know. But in concern of like any foundation or any major player in the U.S., I don't know, and I don't think we we know. And uh, but in terms of like 
me personally, like not uh, Mrs. White, I can tell, and like if something really serious happening, I can tell, yes, the major player from the, the, the number one to anybody at the courtroom and stuff like that, they all have to be removed because it's the level of corruption is too deep. You know, the president of the bar have been murdered like recently. So this is our serious cities. So they are like, yeah, to put myself like on like on a show like this, probably people not, not realizing what's happening. Like I'm putting my life in danger and two of my colleagues have been murdered. They are not having murdered uh, in Haiti. They have been murdered in the US. So this is how serious the thing is. Like if you all like they're talking about, is it, this is not really talking. This is like putting like a threat on my life right now. Like just by saying those things. So it's really serious guys. So, you know, the best thing you could do it stop the funding from any like charity thing going on in Haiti right now until you see clear and, and something happening and you will feel it. And Mrs. White, you also had a, an encounter with someone that you know uh, that, that also lost their life, is that right? Yes, yeah, several people. So this is uh, high stakes, uh, and um, are there any, again, organizations, um, stateside, if you will, uh, or listeners elsewhere, how people can get involved um, to, 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 particularly the independent researchers, um, direct, some, direct uh, listeners to uh, some organizations, some allies or advocates for this type of thing that, that you trust and you know are go- doing, uh, doing, doing good work. Uh, Mr. Mr. X, do you have anybody you would recommend? Because I don't. Well, well I don't. Probably some, I don't know, some candidates like in the U.S., you know, which I still believe in the U.S. and I still believe there's, you know, there's the will to change you know, anything that happened, but the level they are doing it, I'm like, you you will probably have everybody busted because they are all connected, you know? Like, seriously, all connected. I don't know, like, you know, from the number one to the, I don't know, from the guy, like, you know, doing the security stuff the whole time. So I don't know exactly what we're talking about, but if they really know it, and I think some agencies didn't really know because some guys have been busted in corruption, you know? Because, like I told you, people in the private sector, they're like deep and, you know, and the corruption, you know. They have people that used to do, you know, professional in the U.S. have been busted in, in corruption, you know. And they know, like, the agencies really know what to do. Like, you drop them and you offer them money, whatever, and you, you see, you know. There are some ways you can, you know, you can go to IBSR saying you, wanna, you really want to do an orphanage, whatever. You, you From the clerk, from the clerk to the secretary. You have to like some few thousand, some few bucks, and you get on the inside. They will probably take that money, and you, you, you have the ring right there. You know, this is the perfect time to really do it. But, but, but you can't. Here's the thing, though. So, um, uh, these people that are running this, this is not small little. People. No, that's not. That's not small. And we are talking about billions of dollars. This is it's not. It's a, it's a conservative figures, um, Mr. X. Put it at conservatively, three point two seven billion unregulated per year. Unlicensed. Yeah, Four hundred and fifty. Unlicensed. Which is big money laundering because they have no taxes. That's right. That's it is a big money. You know how much money you need to be legit in the in the whole thing. You go to something like the IRS. You pay two hundred dollars. 
and they give you a code. With that code, you can have any transfer coming from the U.S. and you don't have to pay any taxes, which is the biggest money laundry going on right now. So, and you're saying I can I cannot. No one yeah. yeah. And Mr. X, you're saying that you no you have cares. worked with the highest powers in the Haitian government. Yes, the highest power, and I was like in charge, like the coordination with the department. Right, careful how you yes. describe your situation. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't want to. Put we don't. Cause we don't have the security. We don't have money for security and all this. You know. Yeah, we don't have any clearance. You know, which is like, I guess they already know, but you know, uh -huh. I'm a I'm a public figure and everything. So this is not some random people that used to work and you know that really don't know what they're talking about. Whatever. So, so it looks like really the. It sounds like the call here, and we applaud you. Uh, I'm speaking for listeners and, and, and those of us in the program. Uh, you're applauded greatly uh, for for the work that you're doing, and, and I commend you for your bravery. And it, it sounds like at this point uh, you're, you're really looking for uh, a, 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 a politician uh, to step forward and expose this corruption. Um, it sounds like that's what that's what needs to happen so that people understand that the funding for these orphanages is is has gone awry. Uh, they're, they're being used for ill ill uh, ill purposes, and, um, and and that's what needs to be addressed and, here. And Ian, um, I, I I love the analogy, and I Uh, 
and she calls it legitimate and everything's great and they're talking about economic development it must have been the shortest conversation in on history uh because there is no economic development so i don't know what they're talking or discussing other than um now what do we do, do we do a couple of photo ops to make it look legit or what do we do because um and and she was finally just recalled i think she's back in dc and i think they've um they've recycled another previous um um ambassador they had listen to this one they had this guy kenneth merton who was at the haiti desk at the, at the state department um kenneth merton is with a big lobby group on haiti um and he's the one who did the statement after the earthquake that said um in the that's in the wiki link um that said um let the gold rush begin and boy was there a gold rush but what went up fell down flat and the no building code really had an opportunity like for example if i hear build back better i'm ready to like take the gas pipe okay because uh build back better that's what they use they recycled that phrase from haiti go wow. ahead and visit go down take a trip with me to haiti and let me show you what build back better looks like um, Sounds like communism to me. I don't think it's the right time to really take a trip in Haiti. You know what's happening right now? It's like they're making like a small group, 40, 30, 40 people doing kidnapping. So the whole millions of people cannot block this because there's like, quote unquote, like, you know, some legal entities working with those guys. So they cannot be busted. This is like major, you know? So, and I'm telling you, like, you cannot do any improvement. Like with those players, I really mean it. And 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 Mrs. So there, there's a there's a large group of victims that have no social services, no social worker. There are some extremely kind and generous um, mental health professionals that do their very best without even being paid. Um. So you know, um, it's like anything else. Uh, you know, in another good Haitian saying, which a lot of Haitians hate this saying, but it says a lot. Um, they say uh, the Haitians are very good at um, pinching their nose and drinking the smelly water. So that's what they continue to do on a, on a daily basis. I mean, you meet these people and they dress up and they show up with their very best face. I don't know how. They are the strongest people on the planet. They've had every trick played on them. You know, I, I went to school, um, I won't tell you where I went to school, but anyways, I went to school and um, our family loves museums and, and so forth. And uh, anyway, um, one of the saddest museums, I, no, I will say outright, the saddest museum I've ever been in is in Haiti because all of their treasures have been stolen and they're sprinkled around the world. And um, they have the tombs of the forefathers there. And I've gone a couple of times, I think a couple of times actually, I went with um, Mr. X took me and I got the best dossier to, to, to give me the tour, which I appreciate. And each time I go away feeling, my gosh, you know, these forefathers of Haiti fought till the death. They had a they had an agreement, they had a pact, right? They will fight till the end, till the death. 
you know, give them liberty or give them death. And I wonder what they would do if they walked around in Haiti today and saw what they saw and that happened to them with all these people, the gold rush that marched in and, and exploited all this. And, um, and I'm sad to say there are a lot of Americans with blood on their hands. Uh, and it's, it's an embarrassment. As we wind down here, the past few moments, and, and, and I'll be reaching back out to you to invite you back on the program. Let me, I'm going to pose a, a question for each of you, and then I'd like each of you to uh, have some closing comments that you want listeners to take away with. But the first question is from Mr. X, and then the second question is from Mrs. Y. And then the two of you, please take a moment and, uh, and, and leave some, some, some closing comments for listeners. But the first question, Mr. X, is... Uh, uh, was the, in your view, as 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 somebody that's uh, uh, from from looking lo- looking outside in, was the 2020 uh, U.S. presidential election uh, was it uh, was it rigged or fraudulent in any way? Uh, that's your question. And then Mrs. Y, your question, uh, your your question is: uh, uh, Is there something? Uh, is there is there is there a corrupt element to the COVID nineteen pandemic? So, Mr. Y. Or excuse me, yes, Mr. X, you begin, and, and Mrs. Y, please. Uh, you talking about the American election? Yeah. Well, um, as far as I, I don't know anything about, which is not, I don't have an answer for that. You know, I'm so sorry, I, I can't really put myself in something that I don't know, and saying uh, things that I don't, know, you know. But I guess it's the biggest country, and you know, they can't stop, they can't really. You know, I think, uh, like, you know, I just don't have the answer if it's fraudulent or not. I just don't have it, you know. Well, I wish, like, if it's, you know, maybe four years or five years after, we will find out. We will find out. Like, you know, the truth always comes out, like, somewhere. But uh, in terms of me, I don't, I don't know if it was fraudulent or not. I'm so sorry. I can't really answer. Thank you for yeah. Thank you for the response. Okay, so Mrs. Uh, uh, Mrs. Y, what what do you think about the uh, the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic? Is there is there are there any elements of uh, fraud in, in that regard? Okay, so um, I just want to piggyback on what um, Mr. X said. to say about the election. So in 2015, there was an election in Haiti that resembled eerily the the election that we just saw here and they were not able to certify that election and so what they did was even though they had all those people from around the world that i mentioned were hanging out at the marriott with their laptops and they were sending they were paying someone 10 15 20 100 dollars to go um to go um out to the election polls and to witness um you know and and to report back so they, the, the person would say, oh, yeah, everything's great and on the up and up, everything's fine. So then they re- I could hear them calling in the reports, yes, everything's fine and on the up and up. Well, the CEP, which certifies the election, came back and they did not certify it. They said there was, there was fraud involved in the Haitian election. And how much it reminds me of our situation, but at least the Haitians did step forward and they did have an interim president that they, while well, they sorted things out, and then on the second go around, the same person that won the first time, he won again. So um, the only thing I would say about that is, if you were going to do, I'm very troubled. My father um, was uh, an accountant 
and um, and 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 I'm and a conservative, a very conservative man. And I'm wondering what he would say if he was if he was alive. Um, what would he say about the way the manner in which we've handled this this recount? Okay, so putting the ballots back in and counting the same ballots again and not checking to see if the ballots were valid or whatever, missing ballots or broken ballots or you know um, the chain of of, of um, com, uh, chain of um, possession on those on those ballots is extremely troubling to me. I'm extremely troubled by it. However, um, you know the the manner in which the Republican Party has handled it is a is a severe disappointment. I think what we see in Washington D.C. is a disgrace. Um, I'm embarrassed. As an American, uh, I'm embarrassed to, to see that and to witness that. Um, that should never, ever happen. Um, I think also this COVID, I mean, I had COVID. It was like a flu. It wasn't fun. I won't say it was fun. It wasn't like, hey, let's go get COVID. Um, but I was down in the height of COVID in, um, in Haiti, and um, I think they had 12 cases. And um, Haiti is one of the dirtiest countries in the world, okay? Like... In terms of open sewer or markets that they have on um, garbage, garbage heaps, right? They just throw things in the street. And um, <laughs> in terms of that, um, to not have COVID show up, I don't know what to think. I really don't know what to think about it. You know, um, I got a lot of friends in Europe and around the world. Um, and they have equal questions to, you know, what's real? Is it a flu? Um, how do we have COVID and then the flu uh, numbers all went down? Was it really just the flu? Um, you know, the whole story of um, how things were leaked out on, um, out of the Wuhan um, lab. Another thing that just seems like at this point, it seems like the news that we've been fed, the programming, something's off. Something doesn't add up. And I just, I don't know what it is. I just know myself. I know, you know, I stand by what I say and what I've seen and what I've witnessed and who I've spoken with. Um, but there's a lot of people that like to sensationalize things. And why did they like to do that? Money, maybe? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm not getting paid any money for anything I've done. And uh, I certainly know that uh, Mr. X hasn't received any money. So, um, you know, I just think something is not right. Something's not right. And, you know, a lot of this, um, people in Maxwell is about to be, um, I guess there were more charges that were filed against her. I mean, what's taking so long? Um, if you look at the crime scene of Epstein and he quote unquote hung himself, but he's got his prescription bottles up there and they haven't moved. Seems kind of strange to me, the whole story, really. Um, you know, um, the fact that he only got 18 months, who okay that? Like, where has everybody been? And this is South Florida. You know, there's a lot of people involved in this activity. A lot. In fact, I was just watching a documentary the other night on Van Halen, and their security guard was getting interviewed. And he said, when he was interviewed, one of the questions was, do you have a problem with underage girls coming around us? Are handling that and he said no the other question was do you have a problem with drugs and he said no 
So this has been going on a while. There's been a lot of let's look the other way situations going on. And it's now, um, it's now um, injected itself into our society, like you mentioned, going on in California. Um, we don't need to look too far to see all these, um, you know, this empowerment of uh, transvestites reading stories to children. Are those the only people that can read the stories to children? I mean, you know, like at some point, is there like, is there a mental illness that we're dealing with? I just, I mean, I was raised on Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, right? So I, I don't know. I'm not the person to ask. I mean, my mother was very careful with us. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not okay with all this. This is um, this is a further breakdown in our society, and um, and it's and it's sad to witness and to stand by and watch. So, I really appreciate Ian, you having us on the program and even listening. Hopefully, that we've inspired some people to look into this a little bit further and to start asking questions. Right? If it's not right, then it's not right. Right? Like for example, someone accused over 12 times of the um, the actuary. Um, will give you a, um, a, a formula that will say the probability of that not being true is zero, right? So like, I, like, and I say this all the time, like if my brother was accused and I know my brother and I know he loves children, like really we love children in our family. Um, you know, if he was accused maybe once, twice, three times, around about the fourth time I'm saying like, what's going on here, right? This time I'm like, uh, you must have done something six times, seven times. I'm like, whoa, 12 times and you're still not in jail? Like, what's going on? And, you know, we sexualize our, our society, we sexualize our children, and it's, it's not funny. And it's hurting them uh, with scars that we can't see because they're on the inside and they will carry them with them the rest of their life. So again, thank you for having me on your program and even listening to this problem. But imagine being someone who in extreme poverty trying to get reason or try to get out of the situation and screaming as loudly as they can, but no voice coming, no sound coming out of their mouth. No one's coming. No one's showing up. Wow, those are those are profound. That's a profound statement right there. I, I uh, would love to close on that, but but like I said, I'd like to give. I'd like to give because that's left an impression right in my in my brain right there. Uh, but let's um, a very good way to put it. Let, let's let's have uh, Mr. X give some closing comments, and then uh, Mrs. Y, if, if if you want those to be your closing comments, we can we can leave that at that. But if you'd like to have something else, uh, add something else, uh, Mr. X, some closing comments for listeners, please. Yes, uh, I want to tell all Americans that, uh, that it's a major concern because I was a kid and I think you were a kid too and, and what's happening is not right. So I'm just like, if there's anything that you can do that you can stop the funding of any, you know, quote-unquote organization pretending they're helping Haiti, it's not really happening from someone from the inside of government. There's no major player doing anything and they'll like, quote unquote, really go up and I can't really save them. And you have to really understand there's no game I'm like telling on the show, whatever, I'm putting my life at risk to do that. And uh, it's more deep than what we, any statement, any, any, anything we said, um, it's more, it's deeper than that. And I want you to stop the funding of any, quote unquote, organization pretending they are helping. It's not really happening. And uh, 
none of the players in Haiti have to be transferred from the number one to the last one and the justice system and everything. So that's my, uh, you know, that my statement. You know, I'm just not going to go further than that. Thank and you. I really appreciate, like, your invitation and everything. Thank you, Mr. X. We appreciate you joining the program. Uh, Mrs. Wide, uh, do you do you have something to add? Those were very, that was a very profound statement you, you, you just made. Well, um, I, I, will, I will leave you with one additional thought-provoking story. Um, these, the, there's a group of victims who have testified spoken to attorneys and doctors and psychologists and uh, judges and the police and the BCPJ and everybody and their uncle and they pulled everything and then to the embassy they've done everything that they were asked to do they they were uh, they met with a law enforcement officer a general who had been in uh, service for over 30 years and had retired and was teaching at a um, an academy and the whole way driving there was questioning 